1: Today, I just want to share just a thought with you. I'm not going to be real long in what I want to share with you today, but if the title of my message, if I really could even title it, is going to be this, Are You Ready for Christmas? Are You Ready for Christmas? I wonder how many of us, we've been out and about since Thanksgiving. Actually, the retail stores, I think they were putting up Christmas trees and putting out Christmas lights and the such back in, I saw it in early October even, Uh, kind of getting a head start, but as, as we get closer to Christmas, I wonder how many of you have had someone ask you this question, Are you ready for Christmas? Have you had someone ask you that question? Seems like everywhere I go, that's the question that folks ask. If I go to the, uh, if I go to Casey's to get gas and a cup of coffee, I go to the cashier and she'll say, Are you ready for Christmas? And then I, yeah, I'm ready. Are you ready for Christmas? Well, and then they kind of go on this list of things they've, they've got to go get done. We go to Walmart shopping or go to the mall shopping. You go to buy things and check out. It seems like the clerk is always saying, are you ready for Christmas? Went to the bank the other day and the teller at the bank through the drive through window that I went through. After we did our short, hey, how are you, da-da-da-da, this and that and the other. The next question was, guess what it was? Are you ready, are you ready for Christmas? It seems like everybody is asking that question. I just have a short devotional thought really centered around that particular question. I actually don't think they're asking the right question. Because whenever you think about Christmas, it really is, are you ready for Jesus? Right? I mean, Christmas is Christ's mass, right? Mass is a sacrifice. It's Christ being born to the world so that he could eventually die for the world. So it's really... I think the right proper question, instead of are you ready for Christmas, because sometimes that just simply implies, have you bought all your gifts? Do you have all your decorations up? Have you went and bought your turkey and your ham? Are you ready for your Christmas dinner and the such? That's kind of what that centers around. So I think a better question is, are you ready for Jesus? Early in the service today, I shared with you a passage of Scripture out of Matthew chapter 25 about the ten virgins. Remember that? And Now, there were five that were ready and five that were not ready for the coming of Jesus. Five that were foolish and then five that were wise because they were ready for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But whenever we think about this, are you ready for Christmas and then are you ready for Jesus? Guys, you know what? Our God made preparation for Christmas. And so let's ask God, God, are you ready for Christmas? And he said, yeah, oh, yeah, I got that taken care of, right? How do you got that taken care of, God? He said, I took care of that a long, long time ago. And I believe we go back to the God's Word. If you want to turn there in your Bibles, go to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 3. And here we see how God is answering that question. Oh, yeah, boys, I am ready for Christmas. What preparations did God make to get ready for Christmas? What preparation did God make to get ready for Jesus to come? That's the real question, right? Well, the answer to that is a prophet, which, by the way, who was the last... By the way, a little Bible trivia here. Who was the last Old Testament prophet? Now, think about your Bible. Who was the last... Brad, you're excluded. You cannot answer this question. Who was the last Old Testament... And, and probably Jared cannot answer this. I'm Jared, I'm not going to call on you either. Give me, who do you think was the very last Old Testament prophet? Zechariah, good guess. Malachi, good guess. Shout it out. Who? Yeah, somebody's stealing my thunder. You went straight to the thunder, didn't you? The last Old Testament prophet was John the Baptist, right? Although he's mentioned in the New Testament, he was the forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ. We read about him in Matthew's Gospel chapter number 3. The Bible says, "In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying first word in his message is probably one of the most offensive words in our culture and our English language today in the society we live in, repent." Don't you know, repent, really? Can I just turn over a new leaf and try to just correct a few things in my life and just try to be good from here on out and I'll go to church Sunday and I'll just try to be a better dad and a better husband and a better mom and a better wife and repent, really? When you ask ask our God, are you ready for Christmas? Oh yeah. Matter of fact, I'm going to send a forerunner and he's got a message to deliver. In order for you to get ready for Christmas... The first thing he said is, Repent. Everybody say it together. Repent. Repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. For he is the one spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, who said, A voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord and make his path straight. Verse five. Then people from Jerusalem and all Judea and all the vicinity of the Jordan were flocking to him. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River, as they, what's the last thing, that says, as they confessed their sins. Guys, I think in short, to get ready for Christmas, and I realize we all have a Christmas list. My wife and I were in Arkansas yesterday, and we were traveling back through, and we came up fifty-five and. And there, as we were coming up Interstate 55, we, we saw a place where they rear back and they throw these big old hot rolls. You know what I'm talking about? And then they were slinging those hot rolls all across that cafe. It was called Lambert's Cafe. And we stopped there and we had fried okra and mashed potato. And I got a big barbecue. Harold, I know you're not going to like this, but I got a, a big barbecue pork steak. I mean, I don't eat a lot of pork. I eat very, very little pork, but I just cannot resist. That, they brought that thing out in a frying pan about that big. The handle on it was about that long, and they laid that thing in front of me, and I thought, I told my wife, what in the world am I supposed to do with this? So I ate about a third of it, and we brought the rest of it home to Tyler, and he'll finish it off sometime later today, but, but as we're sitting there at Lambert's, you know what we did? Okay, pull out our phones, pull out our to-do list, let's work on our Christmas list, right? And so we started working on our Christmas list, and we were thinking about the kids and what we got them, thinking about my family in North Carolina, and whenever we leave after Christmas and go down and visit with them and have Christmas, we were thinking about that list. We were thinking about Debbie's family's list in North Carolina, and, and we were kind of just going through our list of, of, of family members that, that we knew we had to buy for But guys, Christmas is more than going through a Christmas list. Are you with me? I mean, I'm not against giving gifts by all means, I'm not against Christmas trees, by all means. I'm not against caroling and and the Christmas things that we do. I'm not against any of that. But I think we've got to keep the main thing the main thing. Right? The main thing about Christmas is the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's what God did in answer to the question, Are you ready for Christmas? He said, Yeah. I'm going to send a prophet. By the way... Jesus said that the greatest prophet was John the Baptist. Had a very short ministry, by the way. You remember the story of John the Baptist? You remember how he finished his ministry? It didn't end well for him, did it? In this life, but certainly did the next. You remember the story? You you remember? By the way, get this. My favorite verse in all of Scripture is John 3.30. That's my life verse. Anytime I sign anything or if I sign cards, oftentimes I'll put that reference on there because many years ago I realized that the main thing was him and not me. Amen. You remember John the Baptist in his ministry? As he was preaching, it says in the scripture right here in Matthew chapter 3, look at, there, look at that verse once again. Verse 5 it says, The people from Jerusalem and all Judea and the vicinity of Jordan were flocking to him. All these people were flocking. To the message that John the Baptist was preaching. Now, did he have a successful ministry? Yeah. I mean, he was baptizing all day long in the Jordan, right? Preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God is near. Make preparation for the one that is coming. And people were flocking to him by groves, repenting of their sins, asking for forgiveness of their sins, confessing of their sins, being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. What a successful ministry he had. And then one day, if you remember, John the Baptist in the Jordan, you remember the story? He's He's in the Jordan and... All of a sudden he's baptizing and he looks up and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Who did you see that day coming? That was the start of our Lord's public ministry. Okay, he's a man, about 30 years old or so, and he's walking there by John, and John realizes that, hey, this ministry that I'm involved in, it's not about me. It's about that man. Amen. Behold, Amen. the Lamb of God. John even went further said, I'm not even worthy to kneel down and untie his sandals. Right? You remember, remember Jesus then came to John and said, John, I want you to baptize me. Hey, hold on. No, no. I can't baptize you. I'm in need of being baptized of you, by you, right? I, who am I to baptize you? The Son of God. And of course, then John obeyed and baptized our Lord. And from that day on, get this, John the Baptist started losing his congregation. From that day on, John the Baptist started losing his following. Those people that were by the groves flocking out to see John the Baptist and the message that he was preaching. That day Jesus came on the scene. John said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. That day the congregation started following after Jesus. Amen. That's a good thing, right? Yes. Amen. However, the Bible teaches us that there were some of John's disciples that came to John. They were troubled. John, our ministry's falling apart. Man, people are leaving left and right. They're following Jesus. No doubt, John chuckled a little bit. and That's where we get to John 3.30. And he said, boys, it's okay. Because he must increase and I must decrease. To me, to me, that's the answer to are you ready for Christmas? That's the answer. The answer is to repent. To get ready, to truly get ready for Christmas. It starts with us as individuals repenting and confessing our sins. What does it mean to repent? I have this on the screen for you. What does it simply mean to repent? To repent means that we make a radical change in our life. To repent means we turn from going in the direction that we're going in our own life and we turn the opposite direction and we turn from sin and we turn to God. Have you done that? To get ready for Christmas, we must pray and we must say, God, search my heart. If there's anything in my life, God, that you're not pleased with, If there's any unconfessed sin there, if there's an area in my life, if there's an attitude in my life, if there's a mindset in my life, if there's a relationship in my life, God, and you're not pleased with the way I'm handling that, you're not pleased with the way I'm living that out, God, if you're not pleased with me, I invite you, the Holy Spirit of God, to prick my heart and convict me. You know what we need in America today? We need a good old-fashioned Holy Ghost revival of conviction. Nobody's wrong anymore. Nobody's held responsible. Not my fault. What do you mean it's not your fault? You did it. Well, the devil. No, the devil. Listen, you did it, right? You know where I'm going? We live in this entitlement society. Nobody wants to take accountability. Nobody wants to be responsible for their actions. Listen. We need to pray that God search me. Listen, don't sit there and pray God search your neighbor's heart, right? Don't sit there and say, oh, sister, so-and-so needs this. God, get a hold of her today. No, 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 right? That's called pitchfork theology, right? That's when it lands in your lap. God gets a hold of your heart, and he lands in your lap. Oh, that's good, God, but I think sister, so-and-so needs that. And you just kind of pitch it back about three rows, right? You with me this morning? To get ready for Christmas starts with us as individuals, with God stirring in our heart and in our life, convicting us so that we then repent. Say, God, I've got a stinking nasty attitude towards somebody. Forgive me. Right? Is there somebody that you make eye contact with them and, and, and you see them and you immediately turn the other way because you don't want to talk to them. That's wrong. Amen. Hello? I'm talking about all these attitudes. All, all these... God search me. Right? And then convict me. And then help me to repent. So to get ready for Christmas, it really boils down to this. What camp are you in? The camp of the five wise virgins that had their lamps and they had their oil. Which, by the way, is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. I don't have time to go unpack all of that, but... It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And then you have the other five that while waiting, they ran out of oil. In other words, they were on fire for God. They were kind of doing the church thing. But they just got tired of all that. And they just kind of quit. That's the application of it. Okay? Right? A, a parable is an, is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Right? There's some spiritual application that you can apply to an earthly story. That's kind of what was taking place there. But that happens in our world today. Are you in the camp where you're the five wise virgins with their lamps and the oil and you're ready and you're waiting if the Lord was to return? Or are you in the camp of the five unwise that simply are not ready? I think to be ready for Christmas is for us to say, God, search my heart. And today I want to repent of my sins and ask you, ask you, God, to forgive me of my sins. I think when we do that, then we are ready for Christmas. Let me close, and the band's going to come while I'm reading this. And Heather's going to come and sing a special, and we're going to have a time of reflection here. I ran across this poem several weeks ago and I wrestled with even whether I would share it with you or not. And, but the title of the poem is Ready for Christmas. Ready for Christmas, she said with a sigh. As she gave a last touch to the gifts piled high. Then wearily sat for a moment and read. Till soon, very soon, she was nodding her head. Then quietly spoke a voice in her dream. Ready for Christmas? What do you mean? She woke with a start and a cry of despair. There's so little time and I've still to prepare. Oh, Father, forgive me. I see what you mean. Yes, more than the giving of gifts and a tree... It's the heart swept clean that he wanted to see. A heart that is free from bitterness and sin. So be ready for Christmas and be ready for him. Guys, if we're ready for Christmas, it's really going to boil down to our heart. How are things between you and the Lord? John the Baptist said, repent. Make your path straight. Get ready for the coming of the Lord guys, if we're going to be truly ready for Christmas, we're going to be ready for Jesus and the only way to be ready for Jesus is to have a heart that has been convicted and then we repent and we plead for his forgiveness. Father, right now as we pray together, my prayer is today that there will be someone here in this auditorium that's doing business with you at the heart level. And right now, God, you are searching their hearts and They are searching their hearts and my prayer is that the Holy Spirit would bring conviction on all of us, myself included, and convict us of areas in our life, God, that you simply are not pleased with. Father, help us then to repent of our sins, to turn from the path that we're walking of sin and do 180 degrees and turn towards you, O God. Help us, Lord, to confess our sins to you and to one another. And God, may we plead and beg and ask for your forgiveness through your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for all of our sins. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: An email or call, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net, and again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.